You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's the 30th and final episode of Journals of the Willing. What? Final? Yeah, more on that in a second. But uh, I'm I'm still Kyle, and over here with me is... Michelle! Hey, Michelle. How's it going? Hi, guys. So... Uh, or one person. It's just us. <laughs> it's just Hi, us. Guys. For us, for a change, it's just you and I. Um, <laughs> yeah, so before we get into into the, uh, the Vader and all the good news... Um, this well, this is the thirtieth the and final episode of Journals of the Willing, but it's not all bad news because we're gonna take this the content of this show, the spirit of the show, and port it into the main podcast, which we'll do uh, every third every third week of the month. Michelle and I will get together. We'll we'll do all the cool news that we normally do, but then we'll also fold in uh, what's going on in publishing. So I'm I'm excited about that. It, it's, Putting away all the printing news was not something I ever entertained, but uh, I'm looking forward to the new format, freeing up some time on the uh, old, old schedule and seeing what else we can fit in there. But uh, Michelle, what's been keeping you busy lately? Oh man, guys, <laughs> so much, so much stuff. Um, yeah, lots of reading, um, Mostly reading outside of the Star Wars universe since Vader just ended. So um, I've been uh, taking advantage of my Kindle Unlimited, where uh, currently the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is available to rent for free. <laughs> so I've been reading that um, comic because I, I really enjoyed the uh, adaptation. And so... Um, I really am into this like comic run. I love the aesthetic, which is like very like fifties. Um, I don't know. It's really cool. Uh, I feel like this Vader run has like, it's just hard to like follow that up with it something is. good. Like, I feel like I'm in kind of a rut of reading right now in terms of like the universe because they're just so good. I don't know what to follow up that comic run well, with. I, so You're right. Like I've been... Like literally the last week or so, as I've gotten through and digested issue twenty-five, like I'll pick up one of my action comics or Fantastic Four mm -hmm. or X Men. They're on a new run, and I'll flip through it and I'll yeah. read it and I'll go, "Yeah, oh, that was cool." And I'll just like toss it aside. But how about that Vader twenty-five? And I'll pick it I up again and read it again. I just flipped through it just to remind myself of like what we were going through, and I just like I had chills. Like it was, I needed like a a little a minute to like calm down after that issue it's just so incredible and I feel like everything I've been reading after that it just doesn't it pales in comparison and so I feel like I need to give a little bit of like a cushion to that Star Wars story universe because nothing nothing has lived up to that this Charles Sewell run of Vader it's just no, incredible not, not at all like I've, I'm and sticking with the main run so we're oh, up yeah. to issue sixty there, and it's it's cool, but you know it's it's not what we just went through with with Charles Soule and Darth Vader. Not even close. 
No, no. Like I, I, I honestly don't even know if I've ever had this deep or like uh, uh, not like deep of an experience. I feel like doesn't fully encompass the level of of incredible connection and inspiration I I I derove from this last issue. But I just it's just it's not not just for Star Wars comics or just like this run. I think in comics as a whole, what issue 25 did is just on a whole other level of like comic genius to say if that it's just so brilliant. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a comic do something like this issue did for the end of the it's just, it's just brilliant. Like it, I it did so much. Oh. Oh, we'll, we'll get into that. It's incredible. But yeah, not to like, you know, <laughs> we're yeah. just like hyping this up so much. And it, it, you guys, it lives up to the hype, if not like goes past it. So it's, I mean, yeah. So pretty much I'm just reading outside of Star Wars right now. I've been catching up on, I just started reading some Japanese literary classics. Um, and I'm also reading Kobo some Harlequin. Yeah, Kobo Abe. I'm reading some nice. Kobo Abe. I started reading some Lady Murasaki. Um, I'm thinking about doing some some potential uh, modernizing adaptation stuff. That's what I'm thinking of right now. So I've been trying to figure out what story is is speaking to me the most. Um, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. I feel like it's about time for me to start like rereading Japanese literary classics that I read in like high school and studied because I've been doing that with my American ones. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes you read things way ahead of when you should when you're a child and you don't fully understand the context of it well that's Um, why i brought up kobo abe because i I read one of his books i I don't even remember what it was called but i remember reading it way back it was it was the one about this little mole that lives underground and all he does all day is eat chocolate and drink women in the dunes it's what i'm reading it was adapted into i think it's women in the dunes he's in this like tiny little thing under under the sand in this tiny house, like tiny room with a woman. Is that the story you're talking about? Uh, I can't, I don't this remember anymore. This was made anymore. into a film. Uh, it's basically made into a Japanese film and uh, and it won like the equivalent of a Japanese Oscar, but uh, it's never been adapted in the States. Um, I think it's the film is studied in schools out here, but yeah, Women in the Dunes is apparently like incredible. So like I, I used was, to just think it was funny because of this little mole eating chocolate and drinking beer. I'm like, that's me. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I mean, what else could you do? Like, I feel like that's it's really great. What he's do- I feel like what he does is very ethereal and like I'm, I'm looking for kind of dreamy like stuff and. Um, I really love like the sentimentalism and the very like evocative nature of Japanese literature where it's very like heavy on, uh, on kind of, I don't know, just more of like a mood as opposed to like a, like a story. Like it is a story, but it's hard to explain, but like it it just kind of has this dreamlike quality to it to me, um, I think it's just different from it's poetic almost. I think when you translate Japanese literature into English, it, it's really cool. Anyway, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all right. No, it's it is but, it is healthy. I mean, it does because Star Wars was wouldn't exist without her, uh, like Kurosawa. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean technically the samurai and all that stuff. 
yeah, the show. But it's you know, right. Like you touch on something important, I think, and it's you know not to get too deep into this, but to read things outside of Star Wars and outside of your regular nerd bubble, it's good to read something different. Very good. It's it's it it helps you to inform what's going on within Star Wars when you jump back into it. So oh, totally. All right, so let, let's jump into one little bit of Star Wars news that I wanted to touch on here with you. Uh, it's a couple weeks old now, but I've been kind of really excited about it ever since it came out. So this goes back a couple weeks, like I said. Uh, it's about Alphabet Squadron. Some no three novels, a series of three novels by Alexander Freed, and a mini-comic tie-in series by Jody Hauser. Now, the book doesn't launch until April, uh, sorry, until June, and the comics drop in April. But uh, from a certain point of view, this is from StarWars.com, the Rebels are traitors to the Empire, putting the putting the innocent people of the galaxy at risk in the last days of the galactic civil war an elite squadron of tie fighter pilots known as shadow wing is assembled to protect imperial interests starting in april you'll meet these brave pilots in star wars tie fighter a new marvel miniseries set in the time of alexander freed's forthcoming novel alphabet squadron which we are happy to announce will be a trilogy the exciting new crossover will be will the exciting new crossover series from delray and Marvel Comics, set after Return of the Jedi, will follow the brutal fallout during the fall of the Empire from both sides of the battle. And as I mentioned, it goes on to talk about Jody Hauser and some artists and blah, blah, blah. But I, I love the sound of this, Michelle. Like, I love the synergy between Marvel and Del Rey here. Like, this, oh is, what I this is what I live for when it comes to so this type of material. The connectivity, oh, yeah. kill me now. First, there's so many great things to, like, break down on this, but... I feel like the highlights are, first of all, um, I mean, just the fact that it's going to be a trilogy is really exciting to me. Um, I'm so stoked. I'm I'm excited about, like, the fact that they're doing this great tie-in. And you know me, I love a good tie-in where it kind of helps, it kind of pays off that you're reading more than one. Because, like, you know, we're we have a lot of we don't have a lot of time and there's so many things to read so when you are choosing to read multiple kind of uh things from the same world it's really great when the creators reward you with something like that when they're like we know you could be reading anything and we appreciate that you're spending your your quality reading time with us um so i really appreciate that and uh i just this cover work by the artists who were on the Darth Vader comic series. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> this yeah, is the art I love. Yeah, you're like, you're just, and and also the fact that it's, this is the story I wanted to know. What happens immediately after The Last Jedi? Because uh, we're not, after all of the loss that we've had, we're not going to be able to see the, I, I don't know, but I'm assuming there's going to be a time jump to the next film. So being well, able this, this to at least- This is after Return of the Jedi. Oh, return of see, that's that I was re I was thinking in, in the wrong thing in my brain. <laughs> Even with Return of the Jedi, that still makes me happy. Yeah, yeah um, we still we still have a lot of time to explore here. Oh yeah, like I I need to explore all of it. Like give it to me. I I'm I'm always excited with the Alphabet Squadron. I love me some pilots. So you know that's that's my bread and butter. I love I love the pilots. Well, and what, um, what I really appreciate the, about this is the timeline to creating plotting out and and breaking a, a trilogy of novels never mind one but a trilogy of them 
the timeline for that has got to be so different than writing mm -hmm. a comic book series. Like Freed must have been working oh, yeah. on this a while ago. So to get this to work logistically, the these the plans had to have been in motion for this at least a couple of years ago. Well, none. Yeah, probably. Uh, at least on the novel uh, side, I would think. Necessarily, like from the novel standpoint, when you are pitching a trilogy, you don't actually have to have the trilogy done, like, or you don't have to know exactly what's happening in the trilogy. Typically, you would write the first book or you pitch the first book and then you kind of pitch like an overall arc for the other two books, but you don't actually have to have like an outline. With Star Wars, I don't necessarily know how it goes because this is usually contracted work. So, when authors are writing Star Wars novels, it's a little different from when you are writing like a, a normal trilogy um, when you're selling your own and you're pitching. Uh, so I think the timelines are a little bit shorter because it's a lot more controlled by the uh, publisher side of like, um, and I think, and in general, the timeline with these are really quick and fast. So I think with these kind of contracted books, we the writers actually get a lot less time than we think they do. Um, the timelines on these books are a lot faster than type, any sort type, of regular. Type. <laughs> they don't get in. They really don't get a lot of time. It's it's very short turnaround. They're usually like, okay, this is what you're gonna do, and um, you're not gonna. You're only gonna have this much time to write it. And um, oh, by the way, we are gonna do a trilogy. So you're gonna have this much time and this much time to write the next books. And this is the publication date. And we're probably not gonna push it. So uh, quick turnaround, down. fast, fast, fast. And these writers are usually writing also their own books sure. outside of Star Wars, and then some of them are also writing comics. So it's it's a lot. I really respect writers who can who can juggle them all. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Well, interestingly. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, this the comic book series, the one that Jody Hauser has taken on, was originally supposed to be written by Chuck Wendig. Yeah. yeah he tweeted that in the hours or, or day or so after. He's, he just kind of dropped it on Twitter and said, that was mine. But Jody's going to kill it, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I always have like a very conflicted feeling about people who say that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, well, it was supposed to be mine. But now it's hers. Just letting you know. Like, I, I don't even know if that was necessary. For yeah, him it's to opening people. an old wound or it's at it's least just like, inviting people to open the old wound. Yeah. And it's kind of taking away from like Jody Hauser. I feel like I feel this way about actors too. some actors who say like, oh, I passed on that role or like I didn't take it. And so now like this person who killed it. And like it's always after the fact they're like, well, it would have been mine. But I said no. So yeah, it has a little bit of a. Uh... It's kind well, of weird. I was the I was the first choice. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I, I just I don't know if it's necessarily information that we need to know. Um, but hey, I mean, whatever. It's all good in the hood as long as we're getting what we want. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, excited. I'm certainly happy I'm about really this. Stoked. I love Jody, So I'm really, really excited to see how what she uh, how she writes it. And um, I think it'll be interesting to see a, a female writer uh, take on some of this storyline. So uh, how they're going to interpret it could be interesting. So I'm I'm really excited. And, well, uh, so Del Rey then tweeted this after that news had dropped. So we were all kind of settling down and collecting ourselves and catching our breath. And then Del Rey comes in and does this. They say, cover pilot, Erica Quell, Imperial Defector. She flies an X-Wing. What's Alphabet Squadron doing? 
tracking down a mysterious lethal force of TIE fighters, the group referred to earlier. Who told them they could do that? New Republic General Harrison Dula. She's kind of a big deal. Like, had, had you seen that tweet, Michelle? I I think I missed all of those, but I remember when they were tweeting. It was like the other day when they were tweeting a lot, and I I they were like my phone was like freaking out, like because I get I have my notifications turned on for like Delray Star Wars the account. So like every time they're tweeting, it's like Star Wars books tweeted again, tweeted again, and it was just going, and I was like, I I can't follow this because this is, this is gonna freak me out. It, yeah, um, it was. Yeah, uh, and I was like, I'm gonna catch up on it later. So I think I I read the first like three or four, and then I was like, I don't have time to like be waiting like for hours for them to finish this thread, and I wasn't sure how long it was gonna take. So I was like, I'm gonna get back to that, and I think I forgot. <laughs> I just uh, uh, I know. You say the word Harrison Dula, and I'm in. Like it. Like I I bought a couple of issues of Afra solely because Hera was on the cover. Yeah. Done. You did say that. Done. But like, I mean, there are some characters where you're like, if you say their name, you're like, all right, I'm in. And yeah, I feel like Hera, Ahsoka, like those are those are some some nice trigger words, guys. Yeah, <laughs> if you want Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka, yeah, Hera, definitely. Those are yeah. names that you say. Those names, and just tell me, just point me, just point in the right direction. I'll, I'll go pick it yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but you know what though, I I I hope she factors big time into the novel. You know, I hope yeah. she's just not being dangled here as bait to lure us in, only to just check in with her a couple times throughout the series as she just issues Truth. a new set of orders. Yeah, I I want them. I want if you're gonna bring someone out like that, I feel like you have to do at least something that serves their greater story, that informs their character in some way that we didn't know before. Because it's just then you're just kind of like gaslighting us, like it's not fair. You have to you have to give us some uh, something, just a tiny morsel of of new goodness information that really op- shows us a new side to well, that it, character. That it we've could never give seen. us uh, the the mother side. I mean, she's gonna have Ooh. young Jason with her, right? Or will she? Maybe maybe he's with Luke training. Who knows? Like it's it's in that period of the. Uh, the little epilogue for Rebels. I it's, hope it's they, a... I hope that we'll at least figure out one of those things <laughs> or something new. But yeah, any of those things would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I feel like it would be amazing. Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm so excited about this. I mean, this is the only news we're going to talk about today. There's so much more and we'll save that for another time. But this, I'm so excited about this. Mm. She's brilliant. Okay, so let's let's talk about it then. Let's jump into the Vader series. Uh, we'll we'll wrap it up. We'll we'll talk a little bit about the Fortress Vader arc, and then we'll talk about um, just our feelings overall on this series. But you had brought up like before we actually started recording, you had mentioned an interview you had read with Charles Soule on how he structured this. So why don't you just recap that quickly? Yes. So um, I was recapping basically. Uh, I read a couple interviews that Charles Sewell had gave and also some an update that he had posted on his website about the Vader, uh, Fortress Vader story arc. Um, so Fortress Vader was the last seven issues of the Darth Vader comic run, if 
as you know, or if you may not know. Um, and uh, he, this was the longest story arc of the entire run of the comics to date. And this was the basically the finale of his of, of Sewell's run um, on on Darth Vader. And so how he set it up was uh, he consciously set up these seven issues as a three-act structure. So uh, Act 1 was issue 19 and 20, which concerned uh, the dwindling Jedi hunt and uh, how uh, Vader was attacking Inquisitors and um, as he was running out of opponents to kind of, you know, take his anger out on. Um, And then Act 2 was uh, issue 21 and 22, which is focusing kind of on Vader coming to understand uh, Mustafar and the helmet um, of Lord Moman and things like that. Act three was uh, issue 23 and 24, which was about Mustafar and Moman fighting back and Vader gaining control and getting to use the castle, etc. And issue 25 was, as uh, Charles Soule quotes, uh, said, a sort of coda to the entirety of the six three-act issue, the three-act run, the six issues prior, which is basically it serves as an epilogue to the three acts of this seven-issue run, um, which is the final story of Darth Vader. And uh, basically, this coda is kind of uh focusing on uh vader's visions and uh his 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 realization of of something important in his life uh that he did not know prior to this experience that we are reading about in this comic run i guess would be a way to summarize it (laughs) let's let's build our way there so i mean i'm not sure where to start but i i kind of want to start with uh, Lord Moman and his helmet. I, I feel like mm. that's that's kind of a a good place to start. So this yes. helmet, we first saw it as a a background element in the first Lando series that Charles Soule mm-hmm. wrote, and it nobody yes. paid any many any attention at all to it. But now Soule brings it front and center. Palpatine gives the helmet to Vader, and in my mind, like there's there's no way Palpatine gives that to Vader without mm-hmm. knowing exactly what the helmet consisted of. And what it was capable of. Like, he, he doesn't leave anything to chance. He hoards knowledge. And he would never give something up that might give somebody else an, an edge on him. You know never. what I mean? It was very calculative. <laughs> so, as, as it turns out, uh, this this helmet contains the essence, the consciousness of an old Sith Lord, Lord Momin. And it, it's it kind of goes against what we thought we knew about Siths in that mm-hmm. we didn't think they could retain their essence after death yeah totally so here it is here's here's this guy trapped in his own helmet for all this time yeah. um, so i for those who don't know um lord moment is just he's an ancient sith but he was a creator he was he saw himself as an artist um an architect but he he, he was a bit of a sick a sicko like mm. what he, he 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 was working on this <laughs> that's a very huge downplay <laughs> It is. It is. Sort I mean, of a sicko. This guy is a, an absolute maniac. So we got some interesting looks earlier on in the run of Mustafar, I don't know, hundreds, thousands of years earlier, when it didn't look at all like it looks now. Uh, but he wanted to, at least I think it's Mustafar. I think it's pretty obvious that it is. But he, what he wanted to do was use the force to freeze time. And mm-hmm. so he was 
he, he had built this destructive machine, a ship that would obliterate cities. And he, right when people realized that their doom was upon them, he would freeze time. And he'd want to capture all those people sort of in that moment of horror and just leave it that way. Which is, what a, what a sick thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, though. He's like the worst, like, sociopath, psychopath, like, crazy hybrid. I, I Yeah, it just insane. That, that's but maniacal. I really, I loved that, like, montage of, like, the helmet possessing new bodies. That was, that was actually funny. It was it was hilarious. Like every time he tried to build something and like he failed. Vader would kill that body. body. <laughs> just it was just hilarious. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. Yeah. It's such a bleak and violent run and dark run. Yeah. That, that part was hilarious. It was great. It was a really, really awesome, like unexpected like moment of comic relief that I feel like really was necessary. That it was like something we didn't know that we needed and then I like caught myself like cracking up so hard. Well, I'm glad because uh, I thought it was just me. I did, I, you know, I didn't. I haven't spoken to really anybody about this. Me too. I was looking around like, is it weird that I'm laughing this hard right now? Like, but I'm I feel, like, I feel like reading it in public. Like, I felt like I've se- seen that before, though. That's the sort of thing where it's like, fail, start again, and it's yeah, yeah. Oh, oh you know what it is? It's. The time that it's like in Moana. So for those who have seen Moana and Maui chucks Moana into the drink and then it plops her back on onto the boat and he takes her and he throws her again into the water. Just over oh and over. It's like on a loop. You're right. It is. It, and I feel like a lot of I feel like this image of that imagery, like you said, in Moana, I feel like it's it's there, we must have seen it in other films, too, that we just can't like place off the top of our head. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's one of those things that it just it I feel like it's one of those things that everyone has seen some sort of version of this so that when you see it again here, you know what it what they're doing. But it's also like it, it it just kind of like it hits that scent that pleasure laughter center of your brain like when you hit a fu- when you hit your funny bone yep and like it hurts so much but you can't stop laughing it's kind of like that where it's just like your brain just kicks in and you're like this is hilarious <laughs> and you know exactly what he's trying to do which I I thought it was great that it, it it was just unexpected but funny and totally. um. Well, yeah. So what, was... so what Vader is is trying to do, or Moment has convinced Vader that I can I can build this castle for you. Like these Imperial architects, they're chumps. Let me do this. I w- this place is a nexus of the Force. I will build you your your Force ca- your castle that will tune the dark side. Will open this yeah, portal. Harness the dark side of the planet. Yeah, and then we'll <laughs> fu- like it'll open this doorway to some other dimension. Some people think maybe it's the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. whatever he oh yeah no charles soul was saying like it just it very it does really kind of remind you of the world between worlds from rebels and then uh it i it was saying like the clone in the clone war in the clone wars um it's kind of the inverse of the um the mortis trilogy from the clone wars uh that's kind of like he they kind of have this like vibe of of this veil that they're trying to kind of describe uh, that he can access, um, which is very that like we've seen it before on those on in those two yeah. properties. It's yeah. very it's very familiar anyway. So I mean we get we get the point. But the the thing that moment had promised, he's like, you can bring back Padme if you let me do this yes. for you. You'll be able to bring her back, and of course that's that's all Vader ever wants. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But of, of, of course, as we come to learn, Vader's being played by Momin the whole time, whose real intent was to bring himself back, to resurrect his own body, which he succeeded at momentarily. So I, I got to wondering, we, we've learned about Momin and his mask and how he's retained his consciousness in there and then brings his own body back to life. But is, is this the person that Palpatine was referring to in Revenge of the Sith? When he says that the power to cheat death is something only one has achieved, like is Mo- Moment that person? I mean, that's what I—that's what I thought. <laughs> anyway, because um, I feel like because he's and especially because he's the one who has this helmet and gifts it to Vader, yeah, right? Like I haven't seen anybody so, really talking about this. Yeah, which which is why I thought this, and and even Charles Sewell in, in his in, in his interviews talked about like. When he before he even uh, when he was talking about this entire run itself, said that issue twenty two, this story, Lord, Lord Moment's helmet story, was the coolest thing that he was writing in this series, and uh, he he said, "quote It was particularly cool." Uh, so it's just it's it's something that we really haven't that hasn't been touched upon before um, in this depth of 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 information. So, um, it's just such a cool, cool, interesting way to like story for us to be able to see finally. And I think it's exactly, it's exactly what you said. It's because Palpatine has his helmet. He has this knowledge. So him being only one person has done this before. He's the one who own has this in his possession. So him saying that it makes complete sense. So him being like, is this the one that he was speaking of? I think it's 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 possible. It's very possible. I don't think we'll ever get we confirmation. Unless we get a confirmation, we won't know for sure. But I think uh, it's it's a good guess. I mean, I, I, think I so. would say eighty percent, eighty five percent. I would think you were accurate. <laughs> I, I didn't. I wouldn't go that high. But that all I right, could. great. <laughs> well, and you know what though, the, the thing that it made me think after that is, I look at Kylo talking to Vader's helmet. A little bit differently now like yes. is, it, is it possible yes. that vader's essence is in that melted helmet by kyle yes yes so like you know how when this is what made me really excited about um this new sequel trilogy as a whole because i feel like when we watched um the force awakens something that i remember a lot of people discussing that were um that fans of of the ot um that i'm friends with in my personal life um were very like concerned about this helmet and why kylo has it and how did he get it and why is there so much importance placed on this helmet uh in this movie in this sequel trilogy and how they weren't sure if that was like a good storytelling device but now that we're reading this comic and we're seeing that this helmet has retained this essence and knowing that now in this comic that Vader experienced that essence and understands that this man trapped his soul into well, uh, into his helmet like it's like Voldemort if you learn that you can make a horcrux like aren't you going to try to make that horcrux of your Voldemort like if you're Vader and you know that Lord Bowman was able to do this with his helmet aren't you going to try to do it with your helmet exactly Exactly. I mean, hello. Like, I, I think that that 
that brought this whole new meaning and dimension to Force Awakens that I feel like now it, sorry, why is this happening to my voice? Um, (laughs) That it, sorry, I fixed it. Um, But it just, it, it, this is doing, this, this comic is informing like the story exactly how I wanted it to, because when I watched that first film, like I was still like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope. And so like the final film to like explain everything. And then now I'm like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. That all of this stuff did have a purpose. It did have a greater meaning and people just weren't, didn't have the patience to stick around to like understand or hear it or experience it. So I feel like now I'm really excited because um, we have read this comic, so we might have some insight. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Well, and it, it only but got yeah, it only got cool. deeper for me as we go along here because the yeah. then we get to a, a sequence of you know Vader enters this this nether world this I I, I called it the, the dark side upside down. Oh and yeah, so, um, I I saw in a quote that it was uh, that someone's that I think in one of the interviews that said uh, beyond the veil which is the, I have it in quotes down here. So I don't, I don't know if that's what they were calling it or, or whatever, but yeah, it's like the void or uh, kind of like um, a vision quest almost uh, for me. I think like when people go on, uh, I like when, uh, what is it? Like uh, uh, Native Americans go on vision quests and things like that. Um, almost that's kind of the vibe I got from it. Kind of. Well, um, I suppose. Yeah, that, that's a good way to put it. One, like really quickly. I mean, there's there were so many visions. This became like sort of a, a a walk through Darth Vader's life. But one of the first visuals which blew my mind was uh, that this was Soul coming up with the idea of the first teaser poster from The Phantom Menace with Vader's shadow right. cast on, on that, that little hut wall. That was the that that image, that little box where he's like that's wrong this isn't right i was like oh that that is so spooky and heartbreaking because like little anakin jake lloyd from the phantom menace like he's just so good and to see him haunted being haunted by that at that young age like it's terrifying and it's it's so heartbreaking to me that you know he wakes up from that from that nightmare and shmi's there and she's trying to comfort him but it's really no comfort at all to him like poor guy This, this guy was just haunted from the get-go totally so haunted especially with that the nightmares that he was having and Shmi is coming to comfort him and um being like it's only a nightmare and then him going back to sleep with his eyes open still like not 100% believing what she's saying uh that was heartbreaking um also side note I forgot to mention this but um according to Sewell uh this trip that Vader's making through this kind of or his vision quest is apparently more of a trip through Vader's own mindscape than it is about um a dark side or a world between worlds so to speak um so basically when I was reading this art interview that he gave uh he was talking about because it's Vader entering his own mindscape to kind of uh coming to come to terms with his journey through like his past um, so it's not 100% trustworthy, according to Sewell. So what he's say, seeing in, the, in these visions may not 100% be accurate. And he kind of mentioned the thing about Shmi 
um, and Palpatine, where he's kind of hovering over her when she's pregnant. So yeah, he's like saying people like went nuts for that, right? Like, yeah. So, so according to Sewell, he said like, that's what Vader is seeing, but that might, that might just be a projection. It might not actually be true because it's Vader experiencing his own brain. Apparently. Yeah. Like yeah I, I never, yeah. So it's I re- not, I saw the, I saw yeah. the clickbait pieces before I read the book and I saw, mm-hmm. okay, what are people freaking out about here? And Oh, new star Wars book confirms Vader's, uh, who his father is. Really? Then when I got around to reading the book, it's like no, it doesn't. This this really yeah. to me just sort of affirms that Vader or Anakin thinks that maybe this is a possibility, not that this exactly. is what's happened. Yeah, and 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 what you just said, Kyle, is exact is what Charles Sewell intended when in this whole in the way that he wrote it. So. Um, it's just it's like it could be true it could not be true it's not confirmed at all it's just that when vader goes through this that's what he saw so it's, it's vader all himself from a certain to, point of view exact exactly it's how you interpret it it's how you know even vader himself needs to be basically see this and discern for himself what's true and what's not true and learn from and basically take away it's very subjective like i feel like this issue like the issue itself is very subjective it's like very artsy and like it's one of those things where like you when a film ends kind of ambiguously and you you get to take and interpret it the way that you want to apparently like that's kind of the way that this was written and and the way that it was intended i think we need to note that there's not much text there's barely any text in this issue it's it's very heavy on the art and the art does a lot of the heavy lifting which i think was is such a a beautiful kind of um like send off to the artists on this on this run because the art i mean you the listeners have, have heard us talk constantly about how this vader run is just impeccable in the art and mm-hmm. It's like they got their own swan song in this epilogue where they got to shine. It was all about the art. And oh my God, um, his body, when he enters this, the, when he leaves his corporeal body behind and he enters this, this quote, world between worlds or on his vision quest, as I like to call it, just the art and like the negative spaces where his limbs, like as he grows from, from, Oh. little Anakin oh. way up to now and his whole body is like this really incredible like molten black and red and then as he grows and he starts to lose his limbs these limbs get filled with this light blue negative space and he it's just it's, it's amazing just insane and I, I just that image of like the chromatic like that's very evocative of like man become like a monkey becoming man child yep. becoming adult that image oh my god i saw it again and every time even just i haven't even, i'm not even looking at it and i'm thinking about it and i have chills like I'm, i want I that am looking at it right now it's, <laughs> t-shirt but it, it's like, so heartbreaking though because as as we do that like we kind of see uh, above that hovered above that like images from the prequels of anakin's life the, some of the big moments and it's like there he is like you see that the the way they've done that molten red black oh. look and it's right where there he's in going little by. Annie. It's just, it's... and you see the scenes too, like mm-hmm. where he's walking through and the little clouds of like scenes that we've seen in the films. Yeah. Oh, and so, okay. just... 
I can't. <laughs> and, it, it, and it's pulling like little captions are pulling text directly from the prequel mm-hmm. movies or from Rebels right. even like the, the the shot of of Vader fighting Ahsoka. Oh my God! Yes. Wow. <gasps> I am no Jedi. Then you will die. Yes. Like it's oh boy, it, it pulls the uh, here here. Well, this is important. The truths that we cling to depend on your point of view. Exactly. And then so if you're if you're reading it, it the there is very little, little lang- like actual language or text. But if you, the text that is there is telling you exactly what you need to know. And in the fact that, you know, the truth is, is how you see it. So this what he is seeing may not 100 percent be the truth, but this is his, his brain. It's his brain and how he takes it. Yeah, this is how he feels about how his life has gone. And one of the visions he sees, he's, he's at the Jedi Temple and he's confronted by basically every Jedi Master at the foot of the temple. Yes. And he goes to and town on to, them. He has to cut through all of the people that he had killed. Like he massacres uh, them all, right? Massacres them all. All of them. But it, it makes sense because it, it, it's, this, it's this vision. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I should say it now or until we get to the next part. But... Um, these are I feel like for me it's all of these these like if you're playing a video game it's like all of the mini bosses before you get to the big boss yeah which is which is Padme uh, obviously because he's looking for this is what he wants he wants to to rescue her he wants to find a way to bring her back that's his been his mission since she died so like this is his way to he this is the final secret that he's gonna unlock so for me, that's kind of how I saw it. Like, this is the final boss battle before you get to the princess. Is like all of these, these people you have to you have to slay to to get through there. And um, I, you're, I, I to- so and then mean, once you so get well there, said. and what she says, you know, when he's like, when he says, when he goes, uh, I'm here, I'm, I'm here to save you. He says, I'm here, take my hand, come with me. I can save you. I can save us both. And and he, she goes, are you an angel? And she's like, why? I don't know you. I can't go with you. Because Anakin Skywalker is dead. You're not him anymore. And it's just, it's so, it's, it's like that pierced my heart. Like, because it's true. Like, he's not Anakin anymore. He's not the Anakin she fell in love with. He's not the Anakin she knows. The person standing before her is someone she has no idea who is anymore. She doesn't know this person. Yeah, she said and, she can't follow. She can't follow him down that path. And... He, and then lo- she, he loses her again. Exactly. And it's just got to be so it's got to be rough all over again, because the first time he just he he learned about her death through Palpatine. Now he's going to watch her die. Oh, man. And then the just the art of her doing that, uh, her going through that. It's just oh, man, it's chilling. It's it's, it's, chilling. it's, out, it's out of a horror movie. I, I literally I like I'm looking at it right now. And I'm like literally goosebumps like shivers. Well, it's, it, it it's gave Padme kind of like terrible. the Sith eyes. Yes, like she she looks like um, Red Skull from Captain America almost, like a little bit. A little bit. Like like just the way that her, like her skull is kind of coming through the skin almost, and it's just man. And that that the next image, that one that one entire long vertical panel of, of that red lightning just ripping her body apart. Yeah, is, she's just being like incinerated, right? Well, yeah. I, I want to go back for a sec to, to to Anakin Vader slashing apart the Jedi Masters and the captions yeah. that accompany that. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. 
Exactly. And, and so that, that, yeah. well, that takes me back to what I was saying before about, well, maybe Kylo has been communing with Vader through the helmet. Mm-hmm. If Kylo, yep. if that's Kylo saying, we all, we all attribute it to Kylo saying, well, that's, a, that's his thing. But here it is in, in Vader, you know, yeah. 25, 30 years before that. So maybe Vader's the one that told Kylo to kill the past. Mm-hmm. So and uh, um, just be- amazing, st- amazing storytelling going it's just, on. Here. It's just brilliant. Like this, this is, this is what bridge is that? This is the bridge between what this is part of that bridge of us trying to understand like how how is this here how did these how was this influence because all that's that's pretty much what all of us said like okay so kylo ren his dad is han solo his mom is princess leia how does he end up becoming kylo ren like how like and so when you see not just like you're getting like these tiny things but even if that happened with luke with what happened like, still, do we think that that was enough? But yes, if you bring this helmet into it and and how potentially if we think about how the Lord moment helmet acted and and serves serve Vader, if we think about if this Vader helmet serves Kylo in the same way, it explains so much, so much. Yeah, so much. And it makes we, so much sense. We see one of the great ones visions that he has is of palpatine the and one immediately after that oh man like his two Them father saying, figures i am your father and then palpatine palpatine kills obi-wan and then vader has that fantasy of of frying palpatine it's so good this, i mean this whole thing is just such a a story of how broken <laughs> vader is it's he, just he can't, it's he can't have any nice things he can't he can't <laughs> He can't. And this and 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 the and this kind of journey that he's going through is to me kind of him him kind of experiencing his life and it's like him it's it's this learning it's him trying to piece together like his background and understand like this is my journey and this is where I came from and this is how I got here. But like what does this mean? I feel like that's why he had to go through this this vision quest, like to basically revisit all of these images. Because I think, like, when you're an adult, too, like you have to. It, the truth is the way that you see it and how you see it is is how it informs what's true to you. So, like, it, it, I felt like it was kind of Vader, re- like being being shown the truth again and being like, okay, well, this. So how are you going to interpret this now that you see this all unfolding in front of you, kind of, in a way, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And the final vision that he has is you see off in the distance this just this pillar of bright blue light and emerging Mm -hmm. from the light is a figure. It's you can't see the face. So Vader, we know, doesn't understand who he's looking at, but we know that's that's Luke. In his mm-hmm. Bespin outfit. Yep. And he lights the lightsaber, he, the, the Skywalker saber, Anakin's old lightsaber, and it kind of blasts Vader back, th- I guess, through the portal, back into his corpor- cor- corporeal form. Mm-hmm. And I just, I thought that was amazing. Inc- that blew my mind. 
and, see, and see Luke in that respect. And not just that, that like it's Luke, he lights the lightsaber up. And the first thing he does is grab his lightsaber from the hand that just got cut off Vader. When he gets back in his corporeal body, he like grabs his, he summons his lightsaber and like snags it. And I just kind of loved that kind of Luke holding a lightsaber and then he gets snapped back into his body and then he grabs his lightsaber immediately after, which I thought was really cool too. Yeah, I, just, I love that even in, in the darkness, there's a, there's a hint. I'm sure that mm-hmm. at this point, Vader yeah. doesn't understand what it means. But even in all that darkness, there's uncorrupted light in his nightmares. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, if Vader's afraid of it, if he's somehow kind of hopeful for what it means. But for sure, it left him reeling. Like, it left me reeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. Like, th- this whole thing not. was sort of like, this was Vader's trip inside, like, the uh, the, the force tree mm-hmm. that, Luke, that yeah. Luke went into, right, on, on Dagobah. It's like his version of it. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, which I, makes sense, because it's like, well, wh- what? how are the Sith, like, the Sith would probably have their version of that, so it makes sense, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And then, and then at that point, he's, his vision quest is over. He heads back, or he makes contact again with Sidious, who had, who had kind of given up on Vader at that point because his time on Mustafar was taking so long. Uh, mm-hmm. But he asks Vader if he got what he needed from his stay on Mustafar, and Vader says yes. And I don't, I still so, don't know what that yes means. Like, is he telling the truth? Did he did he really get what he wanted? And if he is telling the truth, the question is, like, what is it that he took from there? Is it that he learned that? He can't, like I said, he can't have nice things or I don't know. Like, I, I think it's too early for him to be conflicted about his future, but maybe I'm wrong. Like, Michelle, what do you think Vader took out of this? So I feel like it's not that I'm cheating because I actually read the interviews that like the breakdown interview after issue 25 came out that he kind of explained a little bit. Um, and this also goes, the yes at the end kind of goes back to, uh, something else but apparently in this run the first the first word that vader says in this run is the word no and the last word he says in this run is yes so uh charles sewell said that um for him uh him saying yes was uh vader finally coming to terms with his journey and having to let go of the idea that he is going to get Padme back. And uh, he said that this, he intentionally made Vader's first word, no, and last word, yes, in this run, because he wanted to, I'm, I feel like I should say this as the quote that he said, but he wanted to, uh, as Soul puts it, he turned Vader from a no man to a yes man both literally and figuratively. Um, so it was, it's, if I'm reading it right, as it's, it's basically... first word in the series is his infamous no from the end of the Revenge of the Sith, uh, symbolizing his anger. And the final word uh, of the series is yes, showing that he's accepted what has happened to him. Yeah, so he's, a, he's embraced the angry. dark at this point, right? He's, he's kind of... Yeah, he's... Because at the to... beginning, he was like, no, like, this is not okay. Like, I'm going to fix this. And now he's like, okay, well... Pad, Padme doesn't recognize me. I am not the same person. I, she won't come with me anywhere. I can't 
save her. She doesn't want, like, I'm not the person who can save her anymore. This is not, I can't do, this is not a possibility. So he accepts that. He accepts that this is, this is what he cannot change. And now he's going to go down this path because. Yeah, he's, he's all in now as Darth Vader. He's all in. He's not just, he's, he is fully given in to this. He's just like, okay, well, I'm, if this, if nothing can change, then I'm, this is what I'm going to do. And he accepts that this is who he is. Um, so that apparently was also a very like uh, overall idea that he had set out from the beginning to kind of literally and figuratively uh, change him and show this change that his first word is no. And it changes to a yes. And his whole purpose of this was to make that journey happen. Um, so, I, I mean, in a sense of that, like when I first read that, uh, I didn't I, I kind of felt what you felt as well. And then reading the the article, it just kind of made me sit and think a little bit more about just the brilliance of Charles Sewell and like the fact that he even specifically made this conscious decision and, and choice in, in, in his storytelling to make that happen and, and to have the foresight to, to do that because you can have this conceptual idea of like, okay, well, I'm going to write his first word is going to be no. And his last word is going to be yes. But like to have that work and pay off was oh, just, the, I mean, the payoff who, was who even thinks that, that, I mean, the fact that it, when I read that, I was like, oh, he is that he is paying that close of attention to the story. Like, this is why this is why this run, this comic Charles Sewell is amazing. And he should just write everything because this is, this is brilliant. Like, it's absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, we, we've gushed about this issue specifically and, Frankly, every time we've gotten on one of these shows to talk about whatever issue was up at the time, <laughs> we gushed about it. Gushed. It was, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I think there was two issues where I was like, eh. And it was like yeah. issues 11 and 12, sort of as they were transitioning from one, mm -hmm. uh, from one and, arc to another. And even if, if we had to say, like, there were weaker episodes in this, I feel like this, like this Fortress Vader was very strong, but like, um, I feel like act act one, like 19 and 20. Uh, um, I felt like that was very world building heavy. And I, I liked it because um, I felt like with, especially with these arcs that uh, Charles Sewell has been writing, I feel like the first issue or issue one or issue two of like a new arc always kind of has um, this quality that he intent that he intentionally puts there. So that uh, is, is so that people who are reading the the comics they don't have to if they don't if they haven't read all of the arcs that have happened throughout the comic they can just still hop into one of the newer arcs. Um, so he does give you that kind of leeway so that you can kind of get back in the story and it doesn't immediately start. Um, so that you're it kind of gives you this orienting time. So I feel like if there were weaker issues in this run, it was probably the first two because it, there wasn't as much happening that was as. I guess vital to the story that was happening or being told. Yeah, um, uh, that's true. Like I, I do, I do agree. Now that you mention it, that the yeah. some of the arcs did take an issue or two to really get moving, and mm -hmm. that like issues eighteen. Well, no, eighteen was the uh, end of the last. The yeah, Tarkin that was one. the Tarkin one, which oh boy, yeah. that was great too. That was but fantastic. Nineteen and twenty, I thought was a, a little bit. I was like, come on, let's get to Mustafar. Let's build this castle already. But it took yeah, us a exactly. while to get there. Like it was cool, but it, I, like it was kind of like not like filler, but it was like, was it necessary? Maybe not. But like, 
it's cool and I like the art and and I think I think the whole point was kind of like to open up the story and like you need like that inciting incident to like kick off the story and I and like you know he's doing this thing where if you haven't read if if someone hadn't read the Tarkin arc or whatever you couldn't get oriented back into the story so you're like okay this is where we're starting okay we're all kind of at at like page one or you know none of us are ahead almost um so I, I see why he did that I, I don't know if like two issues was important to do I mean it could have just been one but like I get that he was doing this three-act structure and it's it's two and, issues and they wanted 25 issues yeah I mean <laughs> they wanted to hit that it, number yeah so like I mean I I'm not complaining so I I enjoyed it but did we I mean if we had to pick something I, I guess maybe those two um but yeah I I really loved I thought this was really strong. It's, it's phenomenal. It's fen- like that. I mean, that was the harshest criticism I could level at this series. Yeah. That, like and, that's it. And like two, two exactly. issues that were still really good, but didn't give us really what we wanted. Like, let's get to the good stuff. Like, yeah. It was just, you had to have, we, it was, it's really on us. Just be a little more, bit more patient. Yeah, exactly. We just need to learn to be patient because we're in this world where everything is like immediate. Like we get Postmates, we get everything we want, we can get it real fast. <laughs> like, you know, we didn't. We don't have to wait for things anymore. We can call people. We weren't in that world where we had to send people letters and wait ten days or three months. So now, like it, Charles, they want us to learn how to be patient, which I feel like is important. We all need to learn a little bit more patience and humility. I think absolutely so, great. So, but o- overall, you know. I, you know just to get into our overall Strong. thoughts on this 25 issue run, like I think it did an absolutely incredible job of showing uh, Vader coming to grips with who he now is, mm-hmm. his mistrust of Palpatine, yes, his level of of hopelessness, uh, his isolation, how lonely he is. Like he has got nobody now. Oh my god, yeah, and like, and also how, and not just about, uh, not just that, but like not just how lonely he is, but also how lonely it it is to be in such a huge position of power at the top where no one else is even close to your your skill set or your level or your I don't know, he's just like a whole other entity in and of himself. And and no one else can at at this point where we're where where we're seeing him in in these comics is no one else kind of there's no one who can be on par with him. So it's lonely at the top is very, very true in this comic book series and also with Vader as himself. Like he's just like, I feel like he's just this whole run time. He's like waiting for someone worthy of, of to be his adversary. I think especially with like the tar him, him hiring Tarkin to go go after him because he's just bored. Like he doesn't have anyone. He just wants to see if he can like run away. Like you know, he just wants to see if Tarkin can get him. And, and when Tarkin thinks he has him, Vader's like, yeah, you think you did, but I was just like taking it easy on you. Like this is, this is him. Like he's just, this is just him and him like taking out, like even in 19 and 20 issue 19 and 20, when he was taking stuff out on the inquisitors, because he just like, was running out of people to take out his anger on. Like he's just killed so many people. He's running out of people to, to be his adversary. And it just kind of sets up then. And in issue 25, when that blue light comes out and as you said, it was this pure goodness that, that even in his, his, 
in Vader's own mindscape, it's 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 present, it's prevalent, it's there. And so just the, that where it's just like showing him in this vision, like he's waiting for this adversary, he's searching, he cut through all of the people that he cut through and murdered and to get to this big boss and this realization of, of I, in a way, I feel like this is what he was waiting for, is this person, is this this power, that this light, and that was what he was looking for, his adversary, his true adversary, someone who can match, who is worthy to fight, for him to fight, to to fight against. And I thought that just, just what Charles Soule does, and even in the small things that he kind of unfolds and, and provides to us, it just informs the world in such a larger way, not just this, but like even what we're watching now, as you said, with the sequels and, and the Darth Vader hat or just, you know, any yeah, of this absolutely. stuff. Yeah. The way this kind of jumps just, across the different it, eras is it's breathtaking. It's, I mean, it's the, so the epic that he did. You know, we said this a million times and everybody else says it, but if you do not own this series, you, and you're, you're okay with dropping a few bucks to get it. I would say buy the whole thing, but I would it's specifically so say you need this to last run, Fortress Vader, and it just came like the 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 full Fortress Vader booklet, the trade paperback came out. You can buy it um, on Comixology. It's like fifteen percent off too, so you can get that. It's available there. So yeah, it's it's brilliant. Like uh, even if you just read that, you can read Fortress Vader on its own. Like you don't need to read any of the other. I mean, we would recommend it. I would highly recommend it. I'm sure, Kyle, you highly recommend it. I mean, we recommend it every freaking month. <laughs> but yeah, like if if this if you only want to read one separate thing, like just it's real quick. It's beautiful. The art is is worth just the art alone of issue 25 is worth buying that paperback trade paperback for full color. I mean, it's beautiful and just the 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 iterations of the past imagery we've seen for the prequels and the OT and all the, just the sequences that we get to see. It's just insane. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's ways to do this. Like if, if you, if you really don't want to take the plunge, I would say, God damn it. Go out and buy issue 25 Buy two, keep one safe for that, for the time that when you wear out the first one, you can go to the second. Or step up, buy the trade paperback, and just read that whole entire arc. And if you're really feeling like you really want to jump in, you know, with both feet, I would just buy all the trades from this run. It's it's so revealing about Vader. It's 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 the I can't give a higher recommendation. It's it's just top quality from storytelling, consistency, the art from issues one, just so perfect, so so good. Yeah, because. With comics, it's it's just in general, it's so hard. Like sometimes you like the story, but the art isn't always like perfect or not your taste or, you know, there's so many kind of variables with comics that can shift whether or not that comic issue is good or bad. But this comic is just, it nailed it. Like the artists, the writing, like I, I don't think I've ever experienced a comic book series where... Like I've had to nitpick at issues to pick like something that I thought wasn't as strong because there's just so much strong storytelling and is there's there really is no filler episode I think like it's just so 
it's it's tight, it's packed, it's meaty, you're getting your money's worth. And I it's and it's not just informing Vader as a character, it's informing the world, it's informing the past, the present, the future of Star Wars and this Skywalker saga. And I think um I think reading this this story and this this um this run will really inform uh, what's going to happen in episode nine. I really believe that. I, I, I don't, I'm not just saying that because I read the comics, so I want it to mean something. Um, but I really think it will, especially now that you, Kyle, talked about the helmet. And I can, now I can't think of it in any other way. Like, that's the only way I think, like, to me now that's in canon in my head. Like, I, I if we didn't have this, I don't think, like, now I'm I'm really excited to see episode nine because I want to see if they are gonna to reveal anything about the helmet now that we've read this and this well, information. Yeah, like before because like, if they if they weren't going to, why would they put it in the comic? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like in watching the Force Awakens with Kylo talking to the helmet, you think, well, maybe mm-hmm. he's just crazy. But right, now, exactly. Looking, reading this issue twenty five, maybe he's not. Maybe he's actually been speaking to Darth, the essence of Darth Vader. I mean, and now I'll, literally when we hit, when we sign off, I'm going to watch The Force Awakens immediately <laughs> after. Like, it's just, I, I feel like um, I might be able to see it with new eyes. Uh, and maybe it'll move up in my ranking or change. But, I, I mean, any information we get is there for a reason. Like, they're not, they're not just, you know, like Star Wars wouldn't let, or the people in charge of the Star Wars franchise slash world wouldn't have to approve, like, you know, the stories, like, or what you're going to do. They're very specific. Like, if you go in a different direction than you're supposed to, like, they're not going to tell you, like, this, 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 this is how you write it. You get on the, I know that the authors get a little bit of leeway in terms of, like, uh, they get a parameter of, like, this is where you're going and you're allowed to ask questions and stuff. Um but they don't verbatim like tell you all of the things that you're writing. Um, but if if you are veering in a different way than maybe is supposed to be in the universe or supposed to exist in the universe, then they would quash it. So if there wasn't if if there wasn't a chance that they're they're telling you that this helmet, this power that this helmet has because they want you to know that in this Star Wars universe you people can do this with helmets like yep. this is why they're telling you this information it's it, they're not going to they're telling you this information for a reason so taking that into consideration as a story it, from a storytelling standpoint it has to mean something deeper because symbolism is huge in this this world in this universe so i mean well, if anything i'm i'm taking this with me it's yes. to me there's there's more to that scene with kylo and the helmet but uh yes. you guys read the book and then uh, let us know what you think because uh you know what it's 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 that groundbreaking and earth-shattering to me but what, do, mean, what do you think michelle are we are we done with vader i know i know we've got the the shadow of vader series going on now it's just a mini series mm-hmm. but are we gonna get like a third volume of vader at some point like i feel like he's just if too it's popular happening... I think so, but I I, I think he, he has. I, I think it's hard to say that we're never going to see or hear from Vader again. But, I mean, the the, peop, the powers that be are very adamant that uh, 
episode nine will be the end of the Skywalker saga. It will be the end of these stories that we have been telling that they have been telling for decades. So uh, if they're going to do one, I think it might be before next before Christmas. I don't know if they would do it immediately after nine. If they do, they probably wait a little bit. Um, they'll make us wait for a while because I mean, we can wait. I mean, we did have to wait between the prequels and now I had, I mean, we had the comics and the series and that, but I think in terms of the mainstream studio franchise book wise, I don't know if we will see him. If we do, I think it will be very minimal. I don't think it will be in the forefront, but I mean, who knows? Vader is very, very, he's like an entity unto himself. Sure. So even if they do say that this is the end of the Skywalker, like the episode nine will be, will mark the end chapter of the Skywalker saga. Star Wars people say the, the powers that be always say things, but there's always like a double meaning, triple meaning. From a certain point of meaning. view. Exactly. <laughs> like truth is from a certain point of view. So maybe when they yeah, say I'm, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, they just mean in theatrical film. I'm, so I'm, all, I'm of two minds of this. Like I, I think that the Skywalkers are the bread and butter of Star Wars. And uh-huh. so they'll always go back to that well because it's almost like a license to print money. But yeah. at the same time, once they wrap up episode nine, um, you kind of you, you'll have some some time before the other films come around, but at at some point those films will need to be out of the Skywalker shadow. So yeah, don't, you can't I keep mean, throwing Skywalker era stuff into the mix while you got the films exactly. coming out. So I don't know. I I think they're going to keep publishing Skywalker tales or from mm-hmm. that era. Vader's going to factor in somehow, but I don't yeah. know how you follow this up. I don't know where on. Invader's life, you go with this, but I yeah, it's hard to say because we've we we see like we have a lot of of his story. I feel like for me, it's kind of like what they're doing with the Avengers in terms of like you know this was we've had the Avengers in the way that they are, and now we're gonna have a second class of Avengers. But just because we have the second class, it doesn't mean like Captain America comic issues are done. It's just you know. Sometimes you need the older people need to move aside for the new, you know, rising people that but that's a good story because it's not the end of the people who were there before. It's you have to tell that story first to show how they inspire hope in the world, how they influenced and how they, uh, you know, how they inspired people to rise up in the way that they are so that they can become the next Luke Skywalker. They can become the next General Leia. They can become the next Han Solo. Like that's that's what they're trying to create. Like we have children, adult, the grandparents die. Like this is just the way this is this is life. Like we have to move on. And sometimes you need to move on. Yep. You have I to. Couldn't agree more. And, and but the thing is, the bar now is so high with Darth Vader it after is. this run. Like, mm-hmm. if we thought Kieran Gillen did a good job before with his volume, this yeah. just kicked it up to 11. And if they do a third volume, what is – like, how do you beat this I would, in terms of story quality? I, I don't know that you can. Of course, you, I, I'm not yeah. a writer, and I have to leave that possibility open. But, I, you know, I can't imagine that – like, Vader's bored at this point. So him chasing down a bunch of extra straggler Jedis, that might be fun. If for a Darth Vader annual or mm-hmm. a short miniseries, but to do 25 issues of him just yeah. chopping people up is not something I, 
that no. would I think maybe if it was like, you know, a Halloween special. Like I would be super excited if we had one of those, you know how we had the Halloween episodes last year where it was just like fun, creepy like ghost stories almost like spooky stories I feel like that stuff would be interesting even if it wasn't like funny if it was like a little dark but it's just like a mini mini series comic or like you know just like a one-off um that would be cool like something that we didn't know before but I, I feel like after Charles Sewell like first of all if someone tasked me with following Darth Vader after this run I don't know if I would say yes because I would be worried to follow that um, because it's just so fantastic. It's like, what do you follow? I pick up the phone and yell at like, Charles Soul and say, "What have you done? You've set me up for failure." You know what I mean? Where you're like, I have to follow that guy? Like, no. Um, so I would be interested to see who would get picked or who, how that would even happen. Or I mean, it's just don't like don't fix what's not broken. And like, it's just it's it's real good. Like, I have I, the answer. I have the answer have Charles Sewell come back to do that's the answer that is exactly the answer has to like there's no other way like I I don't know and I don't know if I want to read a Darth Vader that isn't written by Charles Sewell anymore I I don't I feel like he just he understands him in this fantastic way and I I just I want to read stories of a Vader that come from his brain because it's just I I loved this. So worth every penny. Yeah, like he's become like an auto buy comic author for me. Like auto buy author, period. I think like now I'm just gonna read anything he writes because he's just he's he earned my trust with this. Like he earned it yeah. and I'm I'm done. Like if he wants to sell me like his grocery list, I will buy it because <laughs> I'm sure it's fantastic. All um, right. Well, I, anyway, <laughs> we got we got to bring this to a close because we could literally just sit here for the next three hours talking about how great this is in different ways. So uh, let's wrap it oh, up. We've please, please 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 go buy this. Please pick it up. Please inform yourself on what this this story does for Vader and the canon of Star Wars. Just just please go do it. Um, just wrapping up here. So again, if you're listening to this podcast on our Tumbling Saber feed, you could have had it earlier on our Patreon feed. So come check us out on patreon.com slash tumbling saber. Get it a little bit sooner and a whole bunch of other stuff that we're doing. Tiers starting from just two bucks a month and you get access to a ton of stuff and welcomed into an amazing community of supportive Star Wars fans. And uh, that is it. Uh, don't forget our pals at but Star you, Wars. Go ahead, Michelle. You can also be entered to win a monthly raffle with really cool items and uh they're great if you become a a, a powerful friend on patreon and patreon doesn't we want do me talking about that though so oh damn it okay you can cut that out again i'm not going to it's true we do do it but uh we'll do, that's on the down low um yeah don't forget about our pals over at the star wars commonwealth we have a bunch of shows worth checking out and uh StarWarsCommonwealth.com or check out on iTunes. We are there as a podcast provider. And uh, Michelle, where do people find you on social media? You can find me at tediously underscore brief on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook at Michelle Grandine, or you can just find me through the closed Facebook group. And uh, you can also find my book blog, uh, bookstagram, all of my book photos and comic photos and 
fun Star Wars stuff uh, at Traveling Book Nerds on Instagram. And uh, come hang out. And uh, But I'm always on the Twitter talking about ridiculous stuff. So <laughs> I can vouch for that. But it's yes. good fun. Uh, and find me at Tumbling Saber. Uh, that's on Twitter and on Instagram. And also, like Michelle mentioned, come check out our closed Facebook group where we're always having great, great chats about Star Wars and people posting ridiculous memes. And we have weird Australians doing weird stuff. You can't even believe it. But come check it out. Facebook.com. And uh, look for Tumbling Saber. i got three questions to ask you, and then we'll let you write in. So do that. And uh, that's it. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Well, that's it. I almost forgot. This is it for Journals of the Willing. We're wrapping it up. We're putting a pin in it like Charles Sewell with Vader. Uh, so, Michelle, I'll catch up with you in a few weeks, and we'll we'll do this all again. I can't wait. Yay! I all feel right. like we need a, like a proper send off, but this is our send off. This, this is Fireworks. the of the Willings. Yeah, <laughs> thanks everybody for supporting this podcast, uh, for listening and engaging. Uh, it's in spirit. It will continue. It will be around, uh, just in name. It will bigger and of, better. Uh, it's going to be a uh, a force ghost by the mystical campfire. Yes. <laughs> force ghost. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. Let us know your thoughts about this Vader series and anything else that uh, transpired tonight. And uh, we'll see you again later. We'll see you in episode 161, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon. You've been listening to Journals of the Willing from the Tumbling Saber team, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Learn more about the network and its members at StarWarsCommonwealth.com.